0: I knew it was gonna hit me, but I didn't know it's gonna be, hit me that hard. And I don't necessarily think the solution is the matriarchy. We put so much of our happiness outside of ourselves, and I was like, "Oh my fucking gosh, oh, I'm definitely gonna cry after this." Hi, and welcome to the Clay Soul Podcast. I'm Christian Dev Nicole, the host, and I'm so grateful that you are here listening. Today, you and I will unpack the beliefs that have held us back from being who we are designed to be and from creating the life we love. Together, we'll dismantle doubt, hold space for healing, and practice self-love in real, tangible ways. Grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and get ready to manifest the life you're meant to live. to the Clay Soul Podcast. This is Christian Dove Nicole, the host of this podcast, and I am very happy to be here. I'm happy to talk to you, and I'm happy to connect with you. I'm recording this a little later than my usual time, so this is like afternoon hangout vibes today, but overall, I'm just glad you're here. Today, I just want you to know <laughs> that if you don't like spoilers at all if you hate movie spoilers if you hate tv show spoilers any of that shit like I'm warning you right now there is a chance I might have a spoiler (laughs) so just protect yourself right now if you haven't seen the Barbie movie yet you might not want to listen to this episode okay like just save it for later. You can, I think you can save, I don't know if you can save it on Spotify, but I know you can save it on Apple. So just save it for later, okay? If you're on YouTube, put it in your watch later and save it for after you've seen the movie, okay? And I'll meet you back here for that conversation. Um, but as of right now, oh, I just noticed there's a little rainbow beside me. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it from, I guess from the window? The window's making a rainbow on the wall. How pretty. Anyway, that's perfect (laughs) for this episode. Um, But moving along, I saw the Barbie movie and I felt it was urgent to record this podcast. It's super urgent. Oh my gosh. I should probably preface this by saying, and we'll get into that a little more towards the end, but... I should preface this by saying I had Barbies. I wasn't so in love with Barbies. I also had Bratz dolls, but I wasn't so in love with dolls in general. Um, There was definitely a disconnect for me growing up because some aspects of me, I guess you could say, is stereotypically girly. And then there are a lot of aspects of me that are not at all. (laughs) And I was a tomboy pretty early on and so I liked them there was nothing wrong with them but I from what I remember I would like change their clothes make sure their hair was done but it wasn't like let me sit and play pretend for two hours um, so when I first heard that the Barbie movie was coming out I was like okay nice to know <laughs> It wasn't like a huge thing and then I saw the trailer for it and I was like, huh, I have a feeling that that's something that I'm both going to laugh and cry about and so I told myself, I'm going to see it, you know, and then the hype started really picking up as it got really close to the release date and I was like, oh my fucking gosh, I have to see this movie. (laughs) <laughs> i have to see this movie and so i have heard some things about like just the thoughts behind its creation not a lot of spoilers beforehand because i'm not a spoilers girly i don't want to know i like surprises i love being surprised okay i adore it it's like it's like a little gift okay okay <laughs> when someone surprises you with something that they know is going to make your heart happy like to me that is another level of love that i just appreciate it so much (laughs) so i don't like spoilers at all and so the only information i heard before watching was related to either the behind the scenes of how it was made or people's reactions And so I was aware a little bit that there were some aspects of this movie that were going to pay homage to other works, film works. And I also knew some, like, just trivia about how, like, you know, when they did the first scene, and this scene was also in a trailer, so this isn't much of a spoiler, but... When they did the scene where Barbie was like giant and the little girls were playing with their babies and then they're like, whoa, there's a Barbie now. (laughs) That outfit was the original Barbie outfit that she's wearing, that Margot Robbie's wearing. So I thought that was pretty cool. And there were a lot more connections in the movie that connected back to the original Barbie and also the original creator of Barbie. And I thought that was really beautiful, especially since I don't I don't believe she's alive. So I just thought that was a very kind gesture. because um, you don't always get that with movies that connect back. you know, We had that in Marvel because Stanley was alive and then he passed and that was a sad moment. I remember I cried. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely cried um, when he died. And we went to go see the movie and they did the whole Marvel intro credit of filled with clips of him. I cried. Um, So stuff like that, like, is touching to me. Definitely acting like my cancer son. Okay. (laughs) My my cancer son sign is coming out, (laughs) y'all. But moving forward, I did not expect to be so emotionally impacted by that movie. I knew it was gonna hit me, but I didn't know it was gonna hit me that hard. And it's actually ironic, because I saw on TikTok a couple weeks ago when it first released, like opening weekend, where a girl was saying she went to the bathroom after the movie and there were a group of teen girls in there. One girl was sobbing and the rest of them were consoling her. (laughs) and the girl sobbing was saying how she loved women so much and that was such an impactful movie and she's just you know was very excited about it and so i stored that memory away and then i saw the movie <laughs> i teared up in the first five minutes and then i was like wow it's only been five minutes am i okay and then I had several moments of both laughing and crying. I did go see it by myself, and I was totally comfortable seeing it by myself. I didn't feel weird. I was the first one in the theater Um, when I saw it by myself. I got my little spot. I like to sit kind of closer to the front in the middle, so I smack dab in the middle of the screen. I want that screen to fill the whole view, okay? Like, I don't want to see any walls. (laughs) Like, that's how I feel when I watch a movie. Um, So... I was parked in my spot with my popcorn and my fruit punch and I was enjoying it and laughing and crying and and processing and I mean wow and then at the end I just could not stop crying and I was like this is so good I waited I did not get out of my seat until the end credits were completely done and I was one of the last people to leave the theater. I go to the car, literally trying to hold it together. I, I took myself to the bathroom in silence. Like there was a guy kind of cleaning up the trash cans outside of the theater. <laughs> and I think he could kind of feel my energy because like I did not give him the courteous smile. I barely even looked his way. I just took myself to the bathroom, I was holding it together on the way to the car, and then I just started bawling in <laughs> the car. I just started crying and crying and crying, and I just I was just unwell, <laughs> not even unwell, I was undone, like, man, it was so good, though, and the tears were exactly what they needed to be. And then later in the day, I finally got a chance to down journal. I've been journaling consistently since July 8th. Every single day, I've been making myself journal. And I've been doing like three, four pages a day. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of, I'm telling, I'm writing down a lot of shit, okay? And I was unpacking a lot from that and just realizing a lot from that. And so I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about my thoughts Related specifically to the movie. But also my thoughts related to me. And all that I think the movie taught me. Uh, First, of course, being that you're beautiful being you. I want that to sink in because you are beautiful being you. There was a scene very early on where, again, spoiler alert click away if you don't like spoilers but there's a scene very early on where margot robbie is sitting down closing her eyes trying to imagine the girl that owns her essentially and she opens her eyes and she's looking around just observing the whole world around her at that point she felt the sadness slash joy the bittersweet feeling of the girl And she opens her eyes, she looks around, and she's seeing just life unfolding in front of her. You know, a girl with her mom, a couple fighting, a guy who felt lonely, etc. Then she turns, she's sitting on a bench, and she turns and she sees this old woman. And when I say old woman, I mean genuinely old, okay? I'm not talking like 40, that's not old. I mean old woman, like I'm gonna guess upper 80s, 90s. And she just tells her, You are so beautiful. And of course, I was like, Ah, <laughs> like a little tear. But then the older woman goes, I know it. And that was just such a sweet moment. <laughs> I'm probably going to cry by the end of this episode, just so everyone knows. But like, genuinely, that was such a sweet moment because how often do we do that? How often do we truly believe we're beautiful without altering? And I mean, this woman, she is, you know, wrinkly. I'm sure she had, I don't know, age spots or whatever. I don't know what the like, quote unquote, bad things are about aging. But I'm sure she had all of those things that people try to erase, you know. But she was told she was beautiful and she said, I know. I genuinely know. I don't, I appreciate someone telling me, but I also am so aware. And I'm telling you, y'all, like, that was, like, one of the first scenes of the movie. Like, that was early on in the movie. And I'm just sitting there, like, wow, what a lesson. Now, I'm the type of person, like, genuinely, as much time as I spent on Instagram in my life, I had not once really wanted to look like an Instagram Model or whatever like I'm the type of person. I don't really care about a lot of alterations I'm not super interested in them, but even so that doesn't mean that I'm super like confident all the time Especially as someone who's given birth twice it's Interesting being 28 and having already done all these things. I like the last child I had was like three years ago so You know, I was 25 and larger than I am now, you know, as I had just given birth. And going through the process I've gone through at such an early age, learning learning what beauty actually means and what it actually looks like for real in a tangible way, not just in the quintessential surface level cultural way, has been a big thing for me. Especially since I have been around people that have not been as kind as they should be. And, of course, I've had, you know, people apologize for things. Um, I've also had people not apologize for things. Sometimes it's like an age thing. I've had older family members, one in particular, where I think that person just, like, doesn't understand Well, in general, they're not very polite, but just they don't understand, like, how the world works these days. And so they don't get that it's not okay to, like, talk about someone's body shape and comment on it. And that person has. And it's frustrating and disappointing to see in our world things like I'll open TikTok and one of the things right now would be, like, I'm using this AI filter for weight loss motivation. Like I hate those. I genuinely hate, I scroll so fast. <laughs> I hate those because in my mind, it's like, what? what is the need? And maybe it's also because I'm a nutrition coach, but I'm not like the, like, let's do body recomp nutrition coach. Like I was certified through precision nutrition, which, their program is very much more about mindfulness mindfulness than anything else. And so I just, I don't, I don't see like that. And I'm grateful for that. But that doesn't necessarily mean I always have like this great head on my shoulders. There are times when I'm still like, I did not look cute in that moment. And I guess, I mean, it's okay to admit if you didn't look cute. But at the same time, like, How much do you love yourself despite how you look? And when is your beauty going to be more about who you are and what's inside of you than what's on the outside shell? Because that, as we all know, changes. It is changing every day. In my case, because I have IBS, like, I get bloated as the day goes on, especially if I eat the wrong thing. So... (laughs) For me, it changes throughout the day, not just every day. And so just like hinging so much of my worth on that surface level thing is just not good. In general, it's not good. And I just think like, what a good moment, what a good lesson for us and for women of all ages, really, and of all types, to see someone who, you know, society would be like, ugh. You know, let's be real. If she posted herself, I don't know, in a bikini or whatever. Sadly, there would be people leaving hate comments because that's the reality of the society we live in. But the lesson is that she is beautiful. And you are too, without having to be altered. Without having to change. You don't need the AI filter. And on that note, let's move on to the next point because I could talk for days, but I have a lot to say. Um, So the next one I want to talk about is just how societal pressures hurt everyone. This is definitely going to be a spoiler because I have to explain. Um, But in as short of an explanation as I can, when Barbie and Ken both get to the real world, Barbie takes time, as I said, to find the girl that owns her and Ken is being kind of annoying. <laughs> so Ken walks away and as Barbie's learning how to see the world through her eyes, Ken goes off to this place, which the best I can call it is like a bro style office. Is my guess like I couldn't tell you what they do in this office, but I if I'm just looking at it, I'm going to guess like finance bro type (laughs) company. And he goes in and he sees this screen with all these things that are quote unquote manly and Sylvester Stallone and mink coats and men riding on horses and. All that crazy stuff. Like he sees all that, you know, patriarchy on wheels. That's what he sees. And so somebody, he talks to somebody and he's excited because he's like, wait, men are valuable here. (laughs) Like he gets really pumped up and he's talking to somebody and someone's explaining to him, you know, like. All this stuff that we have men do, it's really just technicalities And we do actually like to uphold the patriarchy but we can't say that's what it is and then he moves on to like go back kind of where um barbie is and she's out of school so he goes into the library and gets a bunch of books on (laughs) manhood and patriarchy and then he goes back he goes back without barbie to barbie land and he changes everything influenced by the patriarchy. He changes everything. But then a lot of craziness happens and it ruins a lot of things, both for all the Barbies and all the Kins. And Ken has to kind of realize that like the societal norms of patriarchy have also put him in a cage. And he's felt stuck because he thought that being the man would make him valuable instead of just being Ken. Because as we all know, Ken was created for Barbie. He wasn't really like the main idea. And so he's thinking that, you know, I'll make myself valuable here. But it didn't fix the problem. It just forced him into another box. Figuratively, not literally. And so there comes a point when Barbie's literally pointing out to him that like, you need to figure out who you are outside of me. You want it to be Barbie and Ken you think that you're just kin but actually you are kin you're not just kin and you're not barbie and kin you're not an appendage and you're not a victim you are who you are supposed to be and you have to discover that outside of me outside of women And it just really, I honestly, I started crying at that point too, because it really made me realize, like I already was aware, but it like honed in on the fact that like men are in such an awful place too, if we're going to be honest, society has definitely put women in a, a shitty place, you know, historically, but also men are in an awful place. because they have to uphold this image that doesn't actually benefit them and has everything to do with everyone else ultimately anyway. Just as women are seen as weaker because we have emotions that we exhibit more readily, men are also pressured on the flip side to not have emotions at all because they don't want us to be seen as weak. And so now they're forced in this box where, you know, on one side, women, we're forced in this societal box of like, you're weak because of this. And now men are like, well, we don't want to be weak. So let's force us into this faux strength that we don't actually have. And that's just one example. But it just caused me to like even more so see like the pain. And I have talked to guys before in the past, people that I've even been in relationship with where we've talked about that pressure and how heavy it is to like be the quintessential man, to be the quintessential boyfriend or whatever that they're supposed to be, the quintessential boss or leader and how heavy that is for them. And a lot of the things that us women are complaining about, like, yes, we complain about the patriarchy, but we complain about it because we also see how much it's killing everybody. Not just women. Yeah, it's messing us up for sure. It is pushing us into so many corners that we shouldn't be in. But it also causes such a rift between us and men as well. And I don't necessarily think the solution is the matriarchy, if I'm being honest. I've seen that thrown around. And I don't necessarily mean that women shouldn't lead more. But I don't see it as flipping to the other side. I think any sense of pendulum swinging is a bad idea. If we go from one side to another side, that's a bad idea. That's literally, it's the same thing, just with a different name. You know what I mean? So I'm not against women but i do think that the solution to a very divided and polarized system is never to flip poles it's to bridge the gap and i do think in that short moment the movie definitely represented that bridging the gap without inviting (laughs) in this case you know advances from kin because he was kind of like oh you're encouraging me let me kiss you now <laughs> and she was like no i'm encouraging you but i that doesn't mean i want anything and the sad truth is is a lot of men don't understand that like as much as we love to speak things into you and support you and care for you sometimes it's okay for us to just genuinely not be interested And it is okay for y'all to be single, for us and y'all, women and men, to be single. That is totally okay. It's safe. You do not have to have a woman to matter. You don't have to have a girlfriend to matter. She doesn't have to be quote unquote hot to matter. Like none of that shit matters. You don't have to have cool cars. You don't have to have a lot of money. Like literally you are just playing into a stigma. And it's okay to back off from that. That kind of leads into another point that I'm going to be super brief in. And that is just that our baby steps matter and our baby steps cause change. I think Too often we try to do these sweeping changes to like completely radically shift the dynamic in our world and we forget that there's actual power in moving slowly. There is power. If we all unite together and take steps together, yes, we won't be able to move as quickly but we will be more effective because we are all united and moving in the same direction. And when it comes to changing societal norms around gender, like, right now, it is still very divided. And so a lot of us are trying to make fast changes. But we don't need to make fast changes. We simply need to stand together first. Be united first and take those baby steps. And we'll be set. So now we're going to kind of move into the stuff that's more personal to to be totally transparent with you. Um, These are things that I was reflecting on more related to just me and not on a global scale. And so the first thing I just want to say that I realized was just how much I need to remember not to abandon myself. I've been kind of learning about that in life recently yes during this venus retrograde in leo that's specifically what this time has created for us to review is how we've left ourselves behind in our pursuit to love other people and so i have actually been reflecting on that because also with the way my life's been this year i've had to really think about relationships in all forms and how i've abandoned them. Abandoned myself in those processes. But this definitely reminded me about that. That I wasn't made to belong to others in order to be worthy. I can stand on my own and be worthy. I can stand on my own and see my value. And I don't need to be loved by someone else in order to know I'm loved. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of us because society very much promotes monogamy. <laughs> Let's be real. Society promotes monogamy like no other. Society really wants us to get hitched, you know? Especially if you're from, like, religious circles. It's, it's strong. But we don't have to. You don't have to be on dating apps. You don't have to be on Pursuit. I actually have a friend right now who's been single actually for a while. Like single, single for a while. Who just kind of casually started looking. And what I love about this particular person is she has not rushed into it. And she's still not rushing. And I love seeing that in her that she knows who she is and she is totally okay. And that this isn't a race. And I have to be honest, I can learn from that because for me, loving others has always been so high on my list. Loving my friends well, loving family well, loving you know, dating partners well, loving somebody for me, is actually a joyful thing. It's something I want to do. I want to love other people. Like, I want to give love away. Like, genuinely. I want to love people. And I haven't always done a great job of it, but intrinsically, in my body and soul and mind, I want to love people. And when it comes to romance, I want to shower somebody in love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want my love to be so evident. But for me, love has been difficult because it's always been rocky. It's always been rocky. I've always, as I told y'all in the other episode, I've always been the one to stay. Always. In every relationship, even when it wasn't necessary, I was always the last one to leave. No matter how complex and confusing the relationship was, no matter how much the relationship drained me, I was always last to leave. I love loving people. But this movie definitely reminded me that it's really time to love me and and be the last one to leave me. And when I'm chasing after other people to stay in my life, whether that's romantic partners or friends, I am abandoning me. Human design actually has reminded me that as I love myself and I love what I'm doing in my life, I will attract, therefore, the right things into my life. That's my, that's my design type, manifesting generator. Do what you love and attract opportunity. I can attract the love I want. I don't need to go running for it. So why even think about that? why not focus on me and love me with the enduring love that I give to other people. And that was the thought I had was, when are you going to pour back the love into yourself that you've been pouring out to everybody else? I had to let go. I've mentioned off and on the situation with somebody on this podcast. I'm completely letting go of this friendship at this point. Not out of anger or disdain for the person, but simply because the person does not, they clearly do not want to work together. They're stonewalling me. They are stonewalling me. And I do not have the time to do that with people. You know, like that's not in my wheelhouse. And so to better respect myself, I got to cut off my energy towards that situation and say, I can't be waiting on you to figure out when you're ready to discuss a conflict you started. It's been seven weeks. I got to just let that go. I've been kind to you. I told you I'd like to talk about it face to face if we can, over the phone if we can. I did the work. Now I'm going to retain my energy and that's loving towards me to say that doesn't mean either of us are bad people it just means i can't be i can't run myself ragged right when am i going to love myself in this equation when i'm mindful of how my energy is given out same goes for romantic partners romantic relationships and family and whatever I have to recognize that I am actually amazing standing on my own two feet. And I'm not behind because I do things on my own. I'm not immature because I do things on my own. I'm not incapable. Things aren't impossible for me to do on my own. I gladly welcome opportunity. I gladly welcome blessings and gifts coming my way. I am open to receiving, but I am capable by myself and I am worthy by myself. And that is a huge lesson that I need to continually practice. But I'm so grateful, thankfully, also because of the movie, but like just in life, I'm so grateful for all these lessons this year of remembering that. That people come and go, but I'm the only one that's still going to be here with me. So when am I going to pour that love back into me and respect and love myself? Back to me and recognize my value, my own value. And the same goes for you as you're listening. I hope this is reminding you of that. That you are worthy on your own. You don't have to have other people to qualify you. You don't have to have other people's money, other people's love, other people's accolades to qualify you. You are good enough on your own. You're exceptional on your own. You're worthy on your own. You're beautiful on your own. You're strong on your own. You're brave. You're capable. You do impossible things on your own. And then this last part's going to be a little on the long end. <laughs> but it's about perfection. Perfection isn't desirable. Real life is constantly moving and changing, yes. But there's no need for us to keep up with everybody. We can just let real life unfold and enjoy it and love it as it is. Towards the end of the movie, there's this point where Barbie is still kind of struggling with staying in Barbie land. She doesn't feel like she fits in anymore. And even though they fix things there, she just doesn't feel like it's right to stay. And she starts to realize like, you know, it's nice. The life I had was nice and it was beautiful. And I'm not upset by the opportunity to have had this chance. But it just doesn't sit right with me to live in this quote unquote perfect world where everything's, you know, as it quote unquote should be. And as she's going through this moment, she starts to realize that she wants to go back to the real world and live in the real world. She wants to experience life in the real world and enjoy what the real world has to offer her, even though like, it's not going to be easy and everything's going to change. And it kind of reminds me of my own situation with perfection my own journey with perfection it was pretty similar to be honest I went through a season where I pursued perfection and I wanted perfection because it was just too painful to face my flawedness and I kind of outgrew that But in the process, I in the process, I had to come to terms with the fact that like when life isn't perfect, that means I'm going to have to go through pains that I didn't have to go through before. And that means I'm going to have to let go of carrying things that I was secretly carrying because I was so like caught up in not dropping the ball. And that means I got to deal with disappointing people. That means I got to deal with. Not doing what people like and being kind of, in a way, an outcast or an outsider or just, you know, not fitting in anymore. And having to deal with people's disappointment in that way. And I just realized in that time of just how tough it is to carry that weight. Perfection is a weight. we think it's the standard that's way up high that you know if we just keep climbing we'll attain it but really perfection is a weight that's carried it, it doesn't actually keep us from being flawed perfection doesn't prevent us from being flawed because that's just human nature human nature is imperfect the world around us is imperfect it's not perfect and it never will be And so perfectionism doesn't keep us from being imperfect. It just teaches us to ignore imperfections. It teaches us to carry this heavy burden of performance. And therefore, we're not really being ourselves. We're not really being who we're created to be or designed to be we're not living up to our own personal standards we are locking ourselves in into just a world of pain because we're trying to carry this burden one of the things I wrote down actually from my notes was that when we put so much of our happiness outside of ourselves we fail to check in We fail to slow down enough to see what's going on inside of us because our happiness is hinged on opinions. It's hinged on how well we perform and how much we feel loved is also hinged on that. Our worthiness, our self-sufficiency and self security, all of that is hinged on whether or not we live up to other people's standards. And so, so much of our happiness is outside of us. Our happiness is rooted in fitting in with our church group or fitting in with a friend group or looking a certain way to our high school classmates that we haven't seen in 20 years or et cetera. Like you name it, everything, if you think about it, every turn is... Set up in a way that our happiness is contingent on somebody else. Our status in life is contingent on somebody else. But then we don't slow down enough to see what's going on inside our hearts. And that's what leads to burnout, ultimately. It leads to burnout. It leads to breakdown. And it leads to burning bridges. And it's inevitable that we will get ran down when our lives are set on these things that just aren't feeding our souls but we were not designed to carry the weight of perfectionism forever we were not designed to carry that weight it doesn't lead to a healthy life it doesn't lead to a fulfilled life it doesn't lead to a satisfied life it just leads to burnout It just leads to constant breakdown, constant meltdowns. It just leads to burned bridges, to division, to conflict. But when we let go of this and we allow ourselves to feel, when we allow ourselves to feel life, Imperfection keeps us from experiencing life to its fullest, to its fullest degree and fullest depth. We don't experience it, but when we push away that need to fit every little idea, when we let go of that notion, then we break free. And that was actually a big part of the movie, a part I don't want to give away. But there was a point in time when all the Barbies were stuck in this state of mind that was ruining them. And how they broke free was acknowledging the nuance of how heavy it is to carry this weight as a woman of... Not being this, but not being that, and doing this, but if you don't do this, then you're going to be like this, and if you do this, then you're seen as this way, and it's like a cycle of just constantly feeling like, well, I can't be too emotional, but I need to be some emotional so that I'm nurturing and not cold and standoffish, and so that people don't hate me, but I can't be too thin, but I can't be too big, and all these things, and once they acknowledge that, they broke free. From this unnatural state of mind that kept them bound. So, we all need to feel. We all need to acknowledge the weights that we've been carrying. We all need to come face to face and come to terms with the fact that we have been carrying weights we don't need to be carrying, trying to be things we don't need to be, trying to make ourselves happy based on other people's happiness and other people's appreciation. And it's just, it's a cycle that's killing us all. It's a cycle that's restricting us from our joy. It's keeping us stuck. And we just end up weary. And it's not worth it in the end. But when we stop and we feel We don't avoid the real feelings because there are real feelings that we need to feel and there are signals telling us what's going on inside of us. When we listen to our bodies, when our bodies are reacting a certain way. If we're shaky or we're nervous or we feel clenched up or we have a pain, maybe that's a reflection of something. And when we take time to slow down and really listen to our bodies and our emotions, our hearts, to pay attention to ourselves for a second, it doesn't take long. We can confront these weights we've been carrying and let them go. We can let them go so that we can move on in life. It is very difficult to love everyone if we don't love ourselves. But we can't love ourselves if we're not listening, <laughs> if we're not aware. And I feel like I'm I've, I've saying this a lot. As more upsets come out, y'all will see what I'm talking about. I'm saying this a lot. I'm saying this a lot on TikTok. I'm saying this a lot on my podcast. Awareness is the key, having awareness matters. Awareness is the beginning. Listening is next. Respecting and caring for is thereafter. And then we can see the expression of love in ourselves and with others. But that only happens when we take the time to do that. And we need to start taking the time to do that. If this podcast never exists outside of the episodes I've already recorded this year. If this podcast is over. Literally tomorrow. That is the one thing I think I just want to share. To be totally honest. Because that's what's helped me. I've been on a journey. For the last 10 years. I am 28, so (laughs) literally the last 10 years. 10 years ago, this month, I went to college. And so much of my life has happened and changed and molded and twisted and turned in those 10 years. And I've learned. So much in those 10 years. I can't even begin to unpack. If I told y'all the list of the things that I have experienced and learned. Lessons that smacked me in the face. Moments of humility. Moments of retribution. I could not explain. I have felt estranged from family and friends. And I have gained... Closeness with family and friends in that time. I've had a miscarriage in that time. I've lost jobs in that time. <laughs> I've gone through immense pain and immense anxiety in moments where I just hoped to no longer be alive. I have experienced so much and I do not... The only reason I even remotely made it through most of those times, especially one of those times in particular, I was like literally legitimately wishing that something would happen to end my life (laughs) in one of those times. I... I have only gotten here because of that process. And it wasn't a process that I came up with. It wasn't a process that I just thought. I just sat down and thought, I'm going to go through all this stuff. And no, I went through this process. Now that I think about it, I went through this process exactly like this awareness. The worst experience ever, really, is becoming aware of the fact that you are a little a hole. <laughs> oh, man. That's not fun, but it's real. And I've been through that multiple times. Recognizing my own problems. Recognizing how I screwed up big time. I've been through that so many times. It's not even funny. I, because I am flawed. And I went through it way more in the beginning than I do now. Thankfully, because I had to do the work after that. I had to listen to myself and to others over time I had to discern what others were saying if it was true or not and if it was accurate or maybe they're just talking out of their feelings or whatever I had to discern that over time but I I to I couldn't discern without listening first I discerned whether or not my thoughts were healthy thoughts and I had to discern whether or not there are things I needed to believe Hence the whole point of this podcast. There are things I used to believe that I don't believe anymore. That happened because I started to listen. As I listened, I built respect for who I am, honestly. Not who I wanted to be or who I made myself out to be or who other people wanted me to be. Because other people, obviously, they want me to be different things. There are people that love me so much and still want me to do things differently, and that's okay. But I know who I am, and I respect who I am. And I respect them, too. And so I'm choosing to be who I am respectfully and embodying who I am to be. I had to respect myself as a different person, as a queer black woman who is no longer a Christian, (laughs) Who is a, I guess, pluralist or, you know, a spiritual, whatever you want to say. I believe in lots of things. I believe lots of things can be true. I mean, I believed in Christianity, so it is not that hard to believe other things can be true. And I've come to respect myself in that and not treat myself as dumb or shameful because i am not what everybody else wants me to be i respect who i am but i also respect other people for who they are whether they're muslim christian jewish gay bi like me whatever and i don't always agree with people but i still respect them and who they are And that's not an easy practice because at times you don't want to respect people. (laughs) There have been times when I had to respect people when I really didn't want to. And there are definitely times when I did not respect people because I did not want to. (laughs) But I had to learn. And through that respect, then I learned care. I learned how to care for myself and love myself and I'm constantly practicing that even now reminding myself of my worth reminding myself of my value being confident in how beautiful I am because I am gorgeous and I can also share that with other people and care for other people think about other people differently regardless of their differences I care for people I disagree with 100% I think about their well-being. I don't wish bad things on other people, even if they cross me. Are they going to get what they deserve? Probably karma is going to serve it anyway, you know, if we're going to be real. (laughs) You know, karma is going to happen. You reap what you sow anyway, so I don't need to be ugly about it. I don't need to put negative energy out there in the world because I disagree with somebody. I can just straight up disagree. I don't have to be a bully about it. So I show my care. And I hope the best for people. And I hope people are on a path of goodness. And it's been a journey to get here. It did not come easily it came at a large cost it came at the cost of letting old versions of me die and letting old versions of me go letting old friendships go that really honestly weren't even really serving me or serving the other person But it felt good to keep it because there was like an ego boost, you know. It feels good to have numbers around you. Even if it's not quality for the both of you. But that came at a cost and I let it go. There's been cost of my reputation, sometimes warranted, because again, I'm flawed and I've made some not so great choices in life. And for one, there's definitely been a large cost of my comfort. But that's just it, that there's, there's no way to hold on to comfort if you wanna move forward in life. Because, as I said, the real world is changing. It's constantly changing. And once you see it, you can't forget that. I still don't want to give it away, but towards the end, there's a point, like I said, when Barbie is choosing and she chooses a real world experience when she could stay in Barbie land and she had to realize the cost of that yeah she gained real life but it definitely cost her Barbie land which technically was an eternal life but she didn't want to be an idea anymore her words And it's just crazy. Because that's what we are when we stay stuck in our comfort zone. That's who we are. And that's what we are. When we stay stuck in our comfort zone. When we stay stuck in the status quo. When we stay stuck in the facade. When we pursue perfectionism. Or we pursue people pleasing. We're just being An idea. An idea of a person that doesn't actually exist. An idea of a person that somebody else cooked up. But when we pay the cost that it takes to live in the real world and to be authentically real yeah it's expensive losing that comfort losing that control but we're not the idea anymore we make ideas we create the lives around us we create the worlds we live in we create our own reality I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be an idea. And I've experienced so much more life since letting go of perfection and people pleasing. But that only happened when I decided that my comfort was worth that cost. I didn't want to be trapped in being an idea. I didn't want to be trapped in being a facade. I just wanted to live. And I knew that it might upset people. And I knew it might upset me. And now I'm about to cry. But I actually wrote this in my journal yesterday when I was unpacking this. The state of mind that I've been in this year. Is one that I have never experienced and so glad I have and will never let go of. I might go through patches where I forget, but I will never let go of it. Because I have experienced so much joy and alignment and peace in this year than ever before. And in my opinion, my life has literally just begun. It feels like it just started. I was disconnected and dissociated. And now I am living for real for the first time in my opinion. And I cannot tell you the last time I felt this way this long you know I might have had days where it felt like this but I've, I've never had whole months and weeks and years feeling like this fully in my body fully in my life fully here and that only happened because I chose to no longer be an idea I chose to no longer be an idea of a person. Now I am here. Fully me. As I should be. And it's not perfect. But the real world is not perfect. And authentic things are not perfect. And yes, they're always changing, but they're alive. And that's 100% worth it. I hope this episode gave you, if not 20 reasons, at least one reason to stay here. To stay in this life. Because it is worth living. And I know exactly how it feels to think the opposite but let me tell you you can feel this way too i genuinely mean it and it doesn't have to look the same way mine does. you don't have to do things my way you don't have to live the way i live you don't have to believe the way i believe it does not have to look the same But it is possible to love the life you're living and to fully be present in it. So please don't let it go. I'm definitely going to cry after this one. (laughs) I love y'all so much, genuinely. And I know the right people are listening to these episodes. I don't know your names. I'd love to know your names. If you ever want to introduce yourself, the email to the podcast is in the show notes. Always. (laughs) But I thank you so much, literally, for listening to this episode, and I hope it gave you a new sense of hope. You're awesome. Please share this with anyone you believe that needs to hear it. And feel free to re-listen again if you need to. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I genuinely can't wait for you to be back the next time. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon.